Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 10. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 13. Reading down and including verse 17 this morning. Romans chapter number 10. Begin reading with verse number 13. Paul writes and he says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Using for the title of my message today, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Father, I thank you for the awesome opportunity, Lord, that we have to be in your house today. Thank you for the freedom that we still have in this great country. God, forgive us for taking this freedom for granted. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you will take the message today. Lord, not my little sermon that I put together, but Lord, the message from the very heart of God today. And God, drive it down into the heart of your people today. God, there are people that have attended our church, Lord, the last 12 years that we have been pastor, Lord, who who haven't done anything or very little for missions. Others that have done an incredible amount. I pray today, God, that those that have never been a part of our missions ministry, this will be the year when they will get on board and and God will do what, what, what you would have them to do. Open our hearts to receive your word. Anoint us by your spirit, we pray, all for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. We need to understand that it's a privilege to know God and to make him known. Now, one of the definitions for the word privilege is a special opportunity to do something that makes you proud. That's what the dictionary says the word privilege means. Of all the things that we could do with our efforts, of all of the things that we could do with our resources, there's absolutely nothing more rewarding in all of life than to contribute to the salvation of others. To know that through our investment, people will spend all of eternity in a a place called paradise or a place of paradise rather than a place of torment. What a privilege. Today begins our missions advancement week. We're going to be emphasizing missions today. We're going to emphasize it Wednesday night and next Sunday morning. In fact, next Sunday you will be given the opportunity to set a goal as to how much of an investment that you hope to make in missions over the next 12 months. We call these goals Faith promises. A faith promise is when, is when we exercise our faith in the area of giving to missions. 
It's when we say to God, God, if you will place, and then whatever God puts in our heart, but we say, God, if you will put X amount of money in my hands, then God, I will give that amount to missions. It could be a weekly contribution. It could be a monthly contribution. It could be a a one-time gift for the year. It's God's responsibility to provide that money. If we say, God, if you will give me the money, if you will put the money, if you will put the resources in my hand, then I will in turn then give that to you and invest it in missions. It is the responsibility of God to put the money in your hand. Start looking for it because it's coming. Then it is your responsibility to place it in the missions ministry of the Grace Place. I would ask you to please be praying this week and and be asking God, Open your heart and let God speak to you and let God direct you and ask God what it is he would want you to do in the coming year for missions. I want you to understand that these faith promises are not pledges. You will never be questioned about your faith promise. You will never be billed for them. It is not a pledge. It is a faith promise. It is between you and God. I want to very quickly this morning look at our scripture for the day. And in our scripture for the day, there are three things in this passage that I want to call your attention to. The first thing that I see in this passage this morning is I see the promise. And the promise is found in verse number 13 where where Paul writes and he says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that awesome this morning? Isn't that an incredible, unbelievable promise that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? See, salvation is not hard. Uh, It's not complicated. God has made salvation very, very simple. Whoever calls, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me suggest that salvation has a dual purpose. First of all, I believe that we are saved from something. From something. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, Mary shall bring forth a son. His name shall be called Jesus. And notice what it says next. He will save his people from their sins. Those of us this morning that are saved, we are saved from many things. There are three things I want to talk about just for a moment this morning, but many, many others, that, things that we are saved from. First of all, we're saved from the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin. James chapter 1 and verse 15 says, When sin is finished with you, it brings forth death. The punishment for sin is death, eternal death, which is, which is eternal separation from God in a lake of fire, eternally tormented beyond imagination. I, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time getting my, my mind wrapped around that one. But salvation by grace through faith saves us from this. It saves us from the consequences of sin. But not only does it save us from the consequences of sin, but we are also saved from the complications of sin. How many know that sin complicates our life? The alcoholic, the drug addict, the adulterer, the adulteress bring on many complications to their lives and to the lives of everyone in their family and everyone who is close to them. Because sin has a domino effect, doesn't it? 
Sin has a domino effect. Oh, oh, the sinner loves to say, well, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting anyone. My sin isn't hurting anyone. Oh, they love to say, what I do only affects me. Oh, really? Maybe you ought to ask your mate if your sin affects them. Uh, Maybe you ought to ask your parents. Maybe you need to ask your kids. Maybe you need to ask your friends. Oh, oh, the true salvation saves us from some things. Things like the control of sin. The control of sin. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 26 says that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. I want you to notice two words in that verse. Notice the word snare and notice the word captive. Oh, you, you might say, but pastor, I, I can control my sin. Oh, oh, pastor, I can stop anytime I want to. Anytime I want, I can quit. So said every alcoholic. So said every doper. So said every gossiper. So said every porno addict. As they continue to allow their sin to not only wreck their life, but also to wreck the lives of those that are closest to them and those that they love the most. True salvation saves you from some things. The title of my message today is, It's a Privilege. And that's what I need you to understand this morning. And that's what I want you to to grasp this morning. Oh, Oh, it's a privilege to have a small part in the salvation of others. To understand that the stories that we heard this morning, which are true Life stories to know that you and me today, together, we have had even the smallest part, amen, in in changing the life of some individual. Because we invest financially in some missionary, oh, they are able to invest their time. They are able to invest their talent. They are able to invest their energy. And together, together we become a team. And together, God uses us to take the salvation message to people, oh, oh, that would never, ever hear the gospel. But because we gave and because they went and because they respond positively to the message, they are saved from all of these things and other things that we could talk about this morning. Not only does God want to save us from something, He also wants to save us for something. He wants to save us for something. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. See, we need to understand that God doesn't just save us from some things. Oh, but He saves us for some things. First of all, God's pleasure. We're saved for God's pleasure. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 147 and 11, he said, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him. See, what we need to understand today is that God not only wants to save us, but God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants to get to know us, and He wants us to get to know Him. He wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to talk with Him. Oh, He wants to have a relationship, a one-on-one relationship. Oh, God takes pleasure in His people. Not only are we saved for God's pleasure, but we're also saved for God's purpose. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. Did you hear the word of the Lord? The Bible said God has a plan for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, all to give you a future and a hope. 
Listen, friend, God didn't just save us from something. He saved us for something. God has a plan for us, and he wants to help us discover our God-given purpose. The title of the message today is, It's a Privilege. It's a privilege. Just, Just think about it this morning. You and I have the opportunity to change the actual destiny of people. And not just that person, but that person's child, and that person's grandchild, and that person's great-great, and great-great-great-great-great-grandchild. It's the privilege this morning, all to understand that we have the opportunity to actually change the destiny of people through our giving. People that have no hope, people that that are just floundering, people that, that, that have absolutely no rhyme, no reason for their life. They're simply and merely existing. But because of us, because we gave and because they went, because of our investment in missions, a missionary is sent to their country. This missionary shares the gospel. They hear it. They, re- they believe it. They respond to it. And not only are they saved from some things, they discover that God has also saved them for something. And for the first time in many of them, for the first time in their lives, their life actually makes sense to them. And for the first time ever, they have a reason to get up in the morning. I have been to several third world countries where people live in abject Poverty. You, you, you don't even have a clue. You can't even imagine. You can't even get your mind around the way they live. And they live with absolutely no hope of anything better in this life or in the life to come. And yet when I've gone to these third world countries, I, I'm amazed. Oh, oh, that the ones that are saved, the ones... Oh, that, that, that have heard the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and have embraced Christianity. Oh, they come to church. Oh, and these people who absolutely have nothing at home. They have absolutely nothing. And yet they come to the church and they sing and they dance and they smile and they hoop and they holler. And the joy of the Lord is on their face. Amen. And they're happy. Some of you are unhappy because you're Second car broke down this week. Bless your heart. Why would they do that? Why? How could they do that? Oh, oh, they've not just been saved from something. They've been saved for something. Oh, oh, it's a privilege to have a, a part in turning somebody's entire life and eternity around. Surely some of the money that We spend on eating out or buying our fourth pair of black shoes or or we spend on our favorite hobby. Surely, surely, oh, would it not be better spent, invested in the salvation of people around the world that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second thing I see in this passage is I see the problem. Verse 14 presents the problem. Well, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they ever going to hear 
without a preacher. Here's the problem. Americans just don't understand. The American Christian has a church on nearly every corner to choose from. They can, go, they can choose to go to a traditional church. They can choose to go to a contemporary church. They can go to a contemporary church and complain because it's not traditional. They can even pick and choose their church today based on their favorite brand of coffee that's served in the lobby. Heard about a pastor that's having trouble people focusing on his preaching and so he decided to serve lemonade while he preached. He had a suggestion box in the back. He opened it up. Said, put more sugar in the lemonade. (laughs) It would be funny if it wasn't so true. The American church today sits around and squabbles over style and squabbles over preference while over half of the world has never even ever heard the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let alone have a church. We have a half a dozen Bibles laying around the house. We have to dust the dust off of it on Sunday morning on the way out. We heard the story about the Bible and how precious it was. But that was back in the late 60s, early 70s. Let me tell you, there's still places in the world today where pastors don't have a Bible. Pastors. The promise is wonderful. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The problem is over half of the world hasn't been told who the true Lord is. And I say how dare we get our feathers all riled up over style and preference when we should be all riled up over three and a half billion with a B. Three and a half billion people who have yet to have an adequate presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me suggest two areas where the problem lies. First of all, it's a heart problem. Man's heart is wicked. And only Jesus can change the heart of man. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And who really knows how bad it is? And Psalm 51 verse 9 and 10, the psalmist cried out and he says, Remove the stain of my sin and create in me a clean heart, O God. Only Jesus can fix man's heart condition. Not only is it a heart problem, it's a hearing problem. It's a hearing problem. Verse 14, how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Verse 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Oh, the promise 
It's awesome. Whoever, whoever, say whoever. Whoever. Oh, it doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter what your economic standing is. It doesn't matter where you live. It don't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What an awesome promise. But the problem is the faith to be saved comes from hearing the word. Only half the world has heard. All right, we've talked just a little bit about the promise, talked just a little bit about the problem. Let's talk about the third thing I find in this passage, and that is the provision. Verse 15 How shall they preach unless they are sent? You need to understand that you are either a missionary or you're a mission field. That's it. You're either a missionary or you're a mission field. And as a missionary, you are either a goer or a sender. That's your choices. That's your choices. Now, God has called me. And God has called the Grace Place to be a sending agency. We are a sending church. Our job is to send missionaries. Our job is to financially support the people who are called to go. In the past 12 years, our church has invested over one and one half million dollars in missions. In the last 12 years. Not much the first couple of years. But the last 10 years. Almost all of it. A million and a half. Invested. In missions. My ultimate dream is for our church to one day give a million dollars to missions in one year. My plan is to be lead pastor for the next 10 years, so we better hurry up, huh? I believe we could do it. Now, that 10-year thing's a plan, not a promise, remember. I honestly believe that our church right now could easily give a quarter of a million dollars to missions now. Let me quickly mention briefly three areas of provision. First of all, the message. The message. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. Oh, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 21, It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. To save those who believe. God has provided the message. He has provided the message. And the message of salvation is the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message is that God, through His Son, did for us what we could never ever do for ourselves. 
Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, There's no other name under heaven given among men by what you must be saved. Only the name of Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus will provide salvation for the lost. The message has been provided. And the man or the messenger has also been provided. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Paul writing to young Timothy and God, and, and Paul said to Timothy, God place me in the ministry. Now, everyone is called to do ministry, but some are called to give their life to ministry. May I tell you that God has people lined up to do the ministry? In the assemblies of God, of which we are a part, missionaries have been called, they've been equipped, they've been trained, they've been appointed, and they are set on go, and they are chomping at the bit. They want to go. They can't wait to go. They've been approved to go. Oh, they've received their assignment, and yet they're still unable to go. Why? Because not only do you need the message, not only do you need the man, but you need the money. The money. Verse 15, how shall they go unless they're sent? Here's what we need to understand this morning. The message is free. The message is free. But the method to get that message delivered is very expensive. Airline tickets cost money. Brother John, do you just go up to the ticket counter and say, hey, I'm a missionary, let me on. Not without a ticket. Airline tickets cost money. Housing to live in, once the missionary gets there, is expensive. Once they get there, they've got to have some kind of transportation that's got to be provided. Oh, they've got to have food to eat. Oh, they have to have clothes to wear. Oh, and then when they get something going, they need to have a building to house the people. And then when they have the church building, then all of the equipment that it will take to have church. I've got good news and I've got bad news this morning. Let me give you the good news first. The good news is I already have. $250,000 to invest in missions for the Grace Place over the next 12 months. Amen. I already have it. Amen. That's the good news. Pastor, what is the bad news? Well, the money's in your bank account. Don't clap. Give him the offering. Amen. <laughs> Please hear my heart this morning. Three-fourths of you don't even know what I'm talking about because three-fourths of you have come in the last 12 years. But about a fourth of you, maybe 50 people out there this morning actually in the, in the room. Let's go back 12 years to a busted up church, to a wounded hurt church, 
to a sinking ship. Even the leadership of our district called it a hopeless cause. Now, that's not the leaders we have now, so don't feel bad about our guys. Hey, they just looked at things and said, hey. I wonder why. I mean, you know, 75 people left, could have been dispersed to other churches. And, you know, they were the 75 mature people, most of them. And, you know, they would have survived and they'd been okay. I wonder why God said, no, uh-uh, going to keep them together. Going to keep it together. I wonder why. I think we know why. That's what we're talking about today. I think God said, you know what? I got a man I could put in there. I got a man that I could put in there. No, he didn't have all the answers. And no, he's not all of it. But he's got a heart for me. And he's got a heart for my work. And he's got a heart for missions. And I'll put him in there, and we'll put that thing back together, and we'll get that thing moving in the right direction. Amen. And I know his heart, and I know it'll be an incredible investment. Amen. And people all over the world will be impacted by that church because, because they have a heart, amen, to win souls around the world. And I truly believe the salvation of this church. I truly believe, amen, the greatest thing that we can do to ensure, the greatest insurance that we have that this church will continue to survive and thrive is if we continue with our heart, amen, to join with ministries around the world and we will send them and we will invest in them and we'll give to them, amen, and we'll see people one to God around the world. Please hear my heart this morning. I'm not going to beg and plead with you. I'm not going to play the guilt card and try and guilt the money out of you. Here's my plan. I'm going to challenge you to give this next 12 months out of a heart of gratitude. Let me first of all ask you this morning, are you grateful to be saved? Or you take it for granted. I said, are you grateful? Are you grateful to be saved? And are you grateful that God calls somebody into the ministry who shared Christ with you or with your family? And are you grateful that somebody financially supported that preacher that preached? So that you or your family could hear the gospel. Are you grateful? And are you grateful that somebody or several someones paid the bills of the church so that your family could hear and be saved and be discipled? Hear my heart this morning. It's a privilege. To have an opportunity, to have, an, to have even just a small part in the salvation of others. It's wonderful to hear 
Brother John, stand up here and talk about the fact that because somebody gave, a Bible was given. And because somebody gave and a Bible was given, he was saved and his family is saved. And it's awesome to, to hear that, isn't it? Isn't it awesome to have somebody actually stand up here and say, because of you, I'm standing here. Because of you and people like you that gave. But if you think that's exciting, if you think that's thrilling, let me tell you about a day There's going to come one of these days when we stand on the throne of God and we hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a little. I'll make you ruler over a lot. And let me tell you what is going to be exciting and thrilling. And that is people are going to come from four corners of heaven. They're going to come all over the place. And they're going to come and they're going to put their hand down. Or they're going to grab you and they're going to hug you. And they're going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you gave. Because you gave, the missionary came. And because the missionary came, I heard the word. Because I heard the word. I got saved because I got saved. I'm here today. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? It's a privilege to be given the opportunity to make a financial investment in people and in projects that will have an eternal residual Amen. Amen. Clay, could you and Krista get back in place this morning? This is our missions advancement week. It's one of the things, missions, one of the things that drives me, one of the things that gets me up out of the bed in the morning, one of the things that says, I don't know, Ten years from now, if I could lay it down, because who's going to raise the money for mission? I don't know. Last two things of you today. We're done. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. This is the altar today. First of all, I want to ask you this morning, and please don't do it just to make me feel good. Don't just do it because somebody else is doing it. Your eyes are closed. You don't know who is and who isn't. But I want to challenge you, I want to ask some people today to pray every single day this coming week that this will be the greatest missions advancement week we've ever had. It will be the greatest uh, faith promises uh, we've ever received this next Sunday. It'll be the greatest missions giving, missions investment year ever. Would you commit with me to pray every single day for those things to happen? If you would do that, can I see your hand all over this room? Lift it up really high. Thank you. So many, so many, maybe half. God bless you. Please don't forget. Please don't forget. Souls are depending upon your praying. Because as you pray, God will touch the heart of the people. And as they, God touches the heart of the people and they respond and they give. And then we put it in the right hands. I'm so excited about some opportunities that we have the last few years and continue to to place a Bible with Pentecostal commentary in the hands of pastors all over the world. Pastors, some of them have never had the whole Bible. They've had a portion of it. Some of them have never had any. Most of them have never had 
a commentary along with the Bible in their native language. What an awesome opportunity that we have, and I'm just excited about that, able to be a part of that. The ushers will get in place this morning, please. The second part of the altar call today is the first of three missions offerings. Come on down, guys. When you're ready, just come on down. I'll, I'll release you in just a moment, but just come on down and be in place. We'll receive the offering today. We'll, all, we'll receive one Wednesday night. We'll receive one next Sunday morning for our missions convention. It'll pay for all the expenses of all of our missionaries, all of their travel, their food, their lodging, whatever the expenses are, it'll, it'll totally cover all of that. All three of our speakers will, we want to just bless their socks off with an incredible offering. If there's enough, first of all, we'll take care of the expenses. Second of all, we'll make sure that, that all three speakers are just abundantly blessed. If there's anything left over, then there'll be, we have a couple of projects we'd like to help, but only if all the other is done to our satisfaction and in an abundant fashion. My wife and I will make a $1,000 investment in this missions convention. I believe there's several others that could do that with me, or a few others that could do that. Others could maybe make an investment of $750 or $500 or $250. Just a whole host of people could make a $100 investment this week. I'm not limiting it to $1,000. Maybe somebody wants to drop a $10,000 check in. Please, that'd be great. Father, I just pray today, Father, Lord, what is in your heart that you have placed in my heart, Lord, will now be transferred into the heart of the people. And God, I thank you that you have, Lord, so many, so many, so many, so many. And yet, Father, there's so many yet that have yet to do anything substantial and anything consistent. I pray this would be the year, God, this would be the year God, out of a heart of gratitude, realizing that it is a, an awesome privilege to have the opportunity of impacting and changing somebody's eternal destiny. As we invest in the missionaries and in the mission projects, and as the Holy Spirit uses those missionaries and those missionary projects to touch millions and millions and millions around the world. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll do what I am unable to do today. All for the glory of God, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.